guys, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Odd Sports Podcast Network, and we are continuing our path through Pride Month this week with a, uh, a first-time guest, someone who I've been excited to get the chance to sit down with for a while. We have the defender of the subspace division, Lightning in a Bottle, Sandra Moon, on the show. Uh, Sandra, of course, making a name for herself all throughout the West Coast and now branching out nationally. You've seen her uh, at Naptown, as well as uh, Paradigm, Wrestler's Lab, um, all up and down the West Coast. We Actually, right after we recorded this interview that you're about to hear, she went off and fought Brittany Wonder for the Glampionship this past weekend. So, just up and down whatever coast you want. Like, she is killing it. AEW Impact, like, just out there doing great stuff. Of course, one-fourth of S4TB and then holding it down for Las Vegas, both at Versus, Pride Style, and at Grab House, well, the promotion that she, along with the rest of S4TB and uh, Chris Russo, founded there in Las Vegas. Uh, just all-around outstanding talent that I'm excited to have the chance to sit down with. And, of course, Pride Month is special for her, not just because, you know, we're coming up on the anniversary of her coming out last year during Pride Month, but also because on June 24th, she's going to be facing Papa Yase to determine the first-ever Pride-style pro champion. Um, that is going to be a very, very intense fight, and I am here for it all day long. Um, so, yes, very excited to get the chance to talk to Sandra about all of that and even more um, here on the show today. But before we get into my interview with Sandra, we definitely have to talk about some stuff from the week that was pro wrestling. Obviously, I brought it up just a second ago, but Hood Slam returned again with a doubleheader this past weekend where we saw Dark Sheik capture the golden gig um, by whatever means uh, she, as the writer, wants to uh, to use, I guess. <laughs> and then, of course, the uh, return of Glam as well uh, and the vacant Glampianship uh, now adorning the waist of Brittany Wonder after defeating Sandra Moon on that show. Uh, and then elsewhere in the Bay this weekend, Full Queer returned again, and we had the Prince X of Pride Championship on the line in a triple threat cage match between uh, DeShade, Kita, and Jay Vidal that ended with uh, a new champion. For the first time in nearly a year, someone else is holding that beautiful purple strap, a newly redesigned version of that beautiful purple strap. Kita adding to his trophy case now. I believe he's he holds the WAC title as well as the Relentless title and now the Prince X of Pride title. Um, so, yeah, Kida is continuing his mission of cementing himself as uh, the wrestler to be watching on the West Coast right now, uh, LGBTQ or otherwise. Just outstanding stuff there. All three events um, 
top to bottom had a lot of fun uh, stuff on there waiting to see whatever uh, the full queer content will be coming out very excited to see some of those matches some of those moments I did get to see Mia Yim dropkick uh, Poyo Domar through a door that was fun <laughs> sorry Poyo friend of the show manager of champions Poyo Domar um, but yeah it's just great to see that we're one weekend into Pride Month and we're already getting all of this stellar, stellar pro wrestling of all different tastes and shapes and uh, presentations. It's just outstanding. So many uh, great LGBTQ talents up and down all of those cards. Of course, we do have our list up on Outsports.com right now of all of the various events during Pride Month that are either uh, LGBTQ-led or are uh, Pride-themed, celebrating and highlighting the LGBTQ community. And there are a number of them. And trust me, that list is going to be updated as we learn about more events. I actually have to add one thing to it, because I did not put the Grap House Die Lit event on that list, so i got to go back and put that on there, because, of course, Grap House uh, has an event coming up this month as well. So, yeah, just a whole lot of awesome queer pro wrestling to look forward to, all leading up to Pride and Vibe Weekend coming up in just a little over a week, literally eight days away from uh, whenever this episode goes live, and Pride Style Pro uh, there, next event on June 24th, uh, Big Valley, we have... Uh, Primo's premiere in Denver running shows. We got PCW uh, over in the UK running Pride in the Pride of the Ring, um, the one of the first LGBTQ centric shows to run in the UK. So it's it's going international, y'all, and I and I am so here for it. Um, and that brings me to the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the interview because all of this amazing work that is being done to both create spaces for our community in pro wrestling and the push for queer identities to be featured on uh, all pro wrestling uh, throughout North America, the UK, Europe. Um, the options have grown so wide and far and, and it's just amazing to see the, the progress that is being made. But I was made aware uh, this week that a certain uh, someone who you know I have covered in the past on the website uh, outsports.com uh, ran a pride event um, on this past weekend. Uh, of course, we're talking about Rick Cataldo, um, you know who you know. I believe both through my my own work, as well as the uh, allegations and anecdotes from countless other people within pro wrestling, pointed out the uh, various uh, allegations and uh, just unsavory actions on the part of Rick Taldo over uh, the course of the last few years, pro probably probably even longer, honestly. Um, so it's very disheartening to see that um, not only that Rick is trying to run a Pride event, uh, but to see some of the names that showed up there. And, and obviously, you know, I have not been in contact with anybody that was on that show, so I don't know the nature of the deals there, any motivations or anything like that. But um, obviously, 
Melina was on that show, as well as uh, Larry Legend, who's just getting ready to be inducted into Paris Honors at Pride and Vibe Weekend. So, yeah, disappointing to say the least that they would show up there um, and participate in, in a show run by Rick Cataldo, um, at least somewhat run by Nick Cataldo. I know it was part of a larger uh, queer event there in Brooklyn. So, I don't know. We'll see if there's any fallout from, from that um, and, and all that good stuff. But just, I bring all this up just as a reminder that, um, you know, we have to remain vigilant and we have to keep our eye on people who, you know, have been shown to be uh, bad actors um, in in the pro wrestling world. You know, the, the, the adage that goes around is, um, you know, the abusers don't belong in pro wrestling. And I'll be frank, like, I, in my coverage of, of uh, Cataldo, like, you know, when I wrote the initial article, um almost two years ago at this point, actually, yeah, right around two years ago at this point, um, you know, I tried to talk and speak with Katato and talk to him about what's going on, did not want to talk to me, um, have not really had any any contact with, with him since then, so I don't know where he's at in terms of those things, I don't know what kind of work, if any, that he's done to try and actually address these issues. Um, and that sort of thing, but yeah, it's just, it's frustrating to see that for all of the work that we do to try and create safe spaces and to see the growing range of places that queer, uh, folk can, um, pursue their pro wrestling dreams, um, the options are wide and vast at this point, so, you know, if, there should be, there should be no dependence on, on someone like Rick Cataldo, especially if, you know, there's not been any work done to try to address the behavior that was alleged, and in some case, in at least one case confirmed um, through uh, my reporting when it comes to the uh, the allegations against Rick Cataldo. So, yeah, just really frustrating to see. We're going to leave it there for now um, and move on to happier things, because uh, how can you not smile when you're talking to Sandra Moon? It's just... All laughter, even during the the serious conversations at times. Um, But yeah, let's get right to that conversation here with uh, Sandra Moon. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring. And I am very, very pleased to have as my guest this week someone who uh, very soon will be celebrating her one year coming out anniversary you know her from companies like la fights gcw uh, pride style pro probably the one that stands out in the mind right now because coming up on june 24th we are going to be seeing her take on papa yase to crown the first ever pride style champion sandra moon welcome to LGBT in the ring. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I've been wanting to be on here for quite a while now, so I'm super, super excited for what's in store. No, I've been, I've been wanting to have you on as well. Like I, I have made no bones about it. You know, being on the West Coast myself and getting more and more into what y'all are doing down in Vegas over the last year or so. Um, it's really hard to ignore the impact that yourself and your fellow uh, S4TB teammates have really made not just in vegas but in the wider scape of pro wrestling you know i named off like la fights and tcw at the beginning but let's be real 
you've been competing for like companies all over the place. I mean, you just came off uh, appearances on AEW and on Impact. You've wrestled in the Midwest with Paradigm Pro and Naptown All Pro. Uh, you've been on the East Coast now with Wrestlers Lab. Uh, and of course, up in my neck of the woods, the Pacific Northwest at WAC. Um, and we cannot, we have to mention Hood Slam as well. Oh, I mean, yes. one of the preeminent companies <laughs> on the West Coast. You've been, you've been really breaking out. That whole crew there that you have built has has been broken out, uh, broken out, breaking out. There we go. Learn to talk. Um, and and it's just been a really interesting uh, road to watch you travel and to continue to grow this. Um, presence that we're seeing to a point that there's like national recognition now for you yes it's it's such a a crazy ride that it's been and you know it takes a lot of just stepping out of my comfort zone and growing and leaving and just finding new spots and honestly it's like it's been so unbelievable where I think even just this past week just kind of really getting to feel like that you know like that national sort of uh recognition it's 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 become a bit more apparent. And so I honestly, I just kind of taking it day by day with each stride, with each booking. And I'm just super happy to be here. Now you, you bring up like that recent thing is obviously we just had double or nothing weekend in Vegas and, and GCW came and, and ran shows there as well. Which you featured on, I believe in a trios match against the second gear crew. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, what has it been like for you to really take on these like national spotlights in a way now considering like you know i know that you're you're fairly young but and you have like five years plus in the in in wrestling but it feels like this jump has happened very very quickly like how do you personally like like internalize and, and handle that for yourself oh you know it's <laughs> It's a lot, it's a lot of pressure for sure. Like like you said, it really has been just a recent jump within this last year. Since I I believe just like around uh, LA fights is really when I kind of started kicking off, um, and like with impact and everything. So it's like it's been a lot of pressure. I feel just kind of getting having to step up to the plate and face these awesome, amazing performers that you know I never really imagined myself kind of getting to at this level. Um, like granted, I did start pretty young, but I feel like a lot of my my experience now has just really been what's been trying me and testing me and really pushing me to my limit to be the best performer I can be. And I think especially traveling, going to new, uh, to new um, states and new promotions, it the pressure definitely kind of gets on there because you always want to, uh, you know, like leave your mark there and just make a good impression and just kind of want, hopefully them want you back. So, and just with making new fans and everything, it's like, it's always just kind of wanting to be the best me that I can be. Um, and you know, a lot of anxiety medication, but <laughs> Yo. you know, a lot of anxiety medication, but you know, we, we take it every day in stride, but honestly, it's it's been some of the best past few months of my life, especially in wrestling. Um, very, very happy with the way everything sort of just come to be. Mm. No, I mean, I, I can definitely understand that, especially some of the, the the pressures that you might put on yourself when trying to break out of like your home scene, because like, you know, I, I'll be real like yes hood slam is what the first time that I saw you but I feel like a lot of people really got to know you during the no hook 
uh, presentations. Oh, yes. Like, that was such a wild experience, too, because, see, Hood Slam, I'll, I'll always be the first to say it. So I just, I love Hood Slam. I love Glam. Uh, Sheik and Anton, they really took took a chance on me whenever they were bringing me out. And I can truly say, like, bring, being brought out to the Bay was where I first truly just started falling in love with wrestling, seeing what it could be. And then with no hook, that was such like an on the whim, uh, you know, J Rose uh, paradigm had brought us out. We had only like really heard of J Rose briefly. And like, we, we went out there and it, it was life-changing. Honestly, I think it re from that small period between like glam and everything it like with the pandemic happening, it, um, it truly just, it reinvigorated my love for wrestling and just my love for like for people and like all the amazing people I got to meet out there like Billy like uh like Calvin like Jay Rose uh Sean Kemp uh Chase Holiday all of them I just I love them all so much and they're now like people that I consider my my best friends uh, and you know and it really did just jumpstart my career because it got so much different eyes from the midwest and like the east coast it was like sort of everywhere so it was like crazy to be able to interact with so much different people when I, I had never really stepped out of uh, my com- like the comfort of the West Coast. Mm. Was there anything specific about that, that no hook experience that that really made you feel like this was something that was like going to like change things for you? I think at the time, I couldn't really um, imagine it. I think it was it was my first time in Indiana, my first time in the Midwest, really. Um, I couldn't really imagine it just because like we're in this arena. Uh, it's like a bunch of people that, you know, I've never met before, like super awesome. Uh, I've never met these people before. I, I know that it's just going to be the series of tapings. Um, and but with J-Rose, like J-Rose had a vision uh, when they were putting this together, they they had everything piece by piece, like how this is going to lay out, how the stories are all going to intertwine, like how this is going to be something so big. And Darrow's tells me something, I believe it. So like, you know, there, so there was always like that holding on to what Jaros's vision is and hoping that when the time all came with all, everything just sort of putting on, put on the plate, it's like that this would just truly be something that made Jaros happy. So I was there for whatever. But, uh, but, you know, it was also, it ran till like three in the morning. I had my last final, it was the, my final match there um, that it was three in the morning, freezing cold. It was snowing and like raining and it, it was just kind of like super exhausting. But then like by the end of it, we were just so relieved that this is going to be something super, super awesome. So I think it was just a matter of waiting to see it all come together where I was like, this is going to be like next level. Mm. I mean, it definitely felt that way. Just watching the the presentation, like from like a viewer standpoint, like here in in this office or whatever, like it just one no hook just felt like a completely different presentation of pro wrestling in a lot of ways, and it really did introduce people to a lot of uh, new faces that we hadn't seen before. Uh, at least on like a stage like that or, or in a capacity like that. Um, and one thing that I've really enjoyed watching coming out of like develop out of that for, for, for y'all specifically, you know, establishing Grab House uh, there in Vegas and to see so many names from No Hook and so many of those relationships that you and Adriel and Laz and Jody have built 
from the no hook experience be able to come out and basically build something not necessarily one-to-one to no hook because I don't know if anything really can be one-to-one to what Hook <laughs> was trying to do. Uh-huh. Um, magic elbow pads and whatnot. <laughs> but um, it's been, but you're building something that has the spirit that I think a lot of people took away from No Hook there with, with Grab House. Was that something that was like a concentrated effort whenever the four of y'all came together with uh, with Chris to to put to, to put Grab House into action? Um so with that, so S4 TV was basically had been created that weekend of No Hook. So mm-hmm. where we were just like, you know what, like we're just going to be doing our own thing, or like you're not in like a weird like gatekeeping way, but it was just definitely like we are just so uniquely ourselves that we don't really fit in anywhere. And I think us fitting in at No Hook and like kind of feeling that sense of community with all like these amazing personalities and all these amazing people, it's like we wanted something more for us like that. And then with that kind of accumulation of S4 TV, I know we know Jody had uh, been planning Grab House for like a long time, but of course, like things just sort of get in the way. He had the title, and we're like, "Hey, like this could really be something amazing," you know. And I think going into the accumulation and the creation of Grab House, it's like we we want somewhere for people like us, you know, people who def- definitely went against the grain, aren't afraid to be themselves. And it's like, of course, a lot of wrestling is like that, but just like as people and as a community and as something to build and like really break away from I feel like the the general pro wrestling sort of stigma to it it's like we wanted to create such an inclusive environment for for everybody for the wrestlers for ourselves for our fans for any of the stories that we could tell um so I definitely think while it wasn't such a direct like odd like like no hook grab house should be it was definitely we felt our love for pro wrestling and our love for community and in general just just sort of bloom so I think it is definitely a feeling of like that spirit that we wanted to carry on into the possibilities of what we could turn Las Vegas pro pro wrestling into and I think we definitely have taken that ball and ran with it and we're still running with it and I think we're doing a pretty great job at that as far as you know building our community and building our our wrestlers to have those safe spaces and have a space where they could be, just be 100% themselves and uh, not really have to worry about not fitting in or not doing any of that when, uh, you know, there's just a place for them there. What was it about the, um, you know, I guess we can focus like specifically on the Vegas wrestling scene, but what was it about the Vegas wrestling scene that kind of pushed y'all to feel like y'all were going against the grain to the point that you that S4TB kind of came together as a as a unit to kind of like put their own voice in into the the pool uh, so to speak Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of like and it could just even be drawn to just a lot of wrestling in general where Vegas wrestling I think very much so west coast wrestling as a whole like aside from places like hood slam like there is just such a lack of diversity there's such a lack of you know of equality as far as like booking women fairly or like you know and like just generally not treating your wrestlers like shit or you know sorry to but you know oh no you can curse you're fine (laughs) very much um it just there wasn't very much respect and it's very demanding and very we want 
everything from you without the little appreciation to give back to and it's just very like macho machismo very you know I don't know I always think the word is carny but I don't know a real like technical term to say it where it's like you're just supposed you're expected the world of you but you're given so little back in terms of respect and uh, respect in your labor and just in general um, so it's not really even as much as like the booking part that gets it. It's just so much so the the toxic environment that you're sort of put in and expected to to live and breathe in and feel passion for what you do. But how do you, you know, you can't water flowers when they're growing in a garbage can. So I think it was definitely us trying to, you know, better soil a garden and help help, you know, kind of the next generation of wrestlers really feel appreciated and that they have that sort of space to grow in without all like the judgmental pressure, just in general pressure to just overwork yourself or, or listen to just shitty people talk and, you know, basically have to mindlessly follow people. And in reality, it's like the best you, you could be is yourself and people are going to see that and people are going to care for you like that, you know? No, totally. I mean, there's definitely something to say about carving your own path, especially whenever you're trying to, do so in a way that can change the image or present an image that that is you know contrary you know not really the right word but you you know a, a, an image that can reflect something different about what pro wrestling can be or what the climate around pro wrestling can be and and i'll be real like i i haven't been on the west coast that long i'm originally from the east coast but i will say when I moved out to the West Coast and started looking around for, for indies to go to, exactly what you described was, was a thing that I really noticed. And I'm thankful to say that that has changed or, and is continuing to develop and, and grow. Um, you know, I think like the first DOA show here in Portland that I went to with my partner, like my partner was just like, oh, there's like no women on this show at all. Or if there, if there is women on a DOA show, it's like, one match or one intergender match so they have like one woman overall mm -hmm. and obviously like you know that has changed i mean you yourself were just at doa competing in a four-way featuring all women for the first time in the company's history for the grand championship um we've seen companies like whack and west coast pro and um you know, LA fights really put a focus on trying to diversify what we see in terms of the West Coast pro wrestling movement, a la what we see at Hood Slam. You know, I feel like it was a really huge moment to see you and Dark Sheik as the main event of that first LA fight show, because, you know, GCW as, as a company does get a lot of flack online um, or has in the past for the, the lack of women on like GCW proper shows. So to see LA fights on their first show dedicate the main event to a legendary female figure in the independent pro wrestling world and one of the hottest up-and-comers in yourself was truly a, a, a wonderful sight to see thank you that really means a lot and then like it truly it's like uh, you know, getting my my start out in the West Coast and like trying to travel to Cali or Arizona or like, you know, I just recently the PNW, it's like it, it was always just like this booming competition of 
like never it was always just like who was going to be better and who who was going to call their way to the top and now like after you know recent events it just feels like it is just now forming into one big community and it's okay to cheer for each other it's okay to support each other and I think seeing that boom just sort of really lets places like Hood Slam, West Coast Pro, um, DOA, WAC, uh, LA Fights, GCW, it really just gives them that space to grow when there's not, um, when there just isn't that, you know, it really lets everyone just kind of be supportive of each other and just a super awesome sight to see. Um, no, and, and with uh, like that, with women's wrestling or with just more like LGBT wrestling with more in general, it's like, there can always be more. I, I sometimes I'll still see shows and oh, I'm yeah. like, I like sometimes I see shows and I'm like, man, there's still only one like women's card. There's only two queer people on the show. Like, you know, I always think it's like uh, definitely until we're at a point where either these cards are all just mixed up or, you know, there are just more than one women's matches. It's like, I think there's still, <laughs> there's always, I guess, still so much work to do, but to see how far it's come has truly been one of my favorite things to see it makes me happy to be doing the drives to Cali to not feel like I'm just kind of wasting my time to not be appreciated and you know it, it really just sort of makes me happy for like the future of wrestling so when these uh when newer people um just start breaking in it's like they have that sense of camaraderie and sense of opportunity wherever they go that they don't have to stress about whether or not someone's gonna look at them funny or think they're you know or just think they're anything else they, that they need to be anything else than what they are you know so I think this it really takes that pressure off uh, that and just truly lets performers do what they do best no it, re- it really does like that uh, and that continued develop uh, development of relationships between the the companies themselves and, mm-hmm. and between um, uh, the the wrestlers who are working through all these things and, and the fans continuing to push for that for that uh, diversity on um, you know no matter like what like cultural line you want to like define uh, that mm-hmm. diversity along like you are seeing more and more of that and it's because the the fans. I mean, I'll be real. The fans want it. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like I love, like every time I go to a DOA show, I make a point to like highlight, like on, even if it's just on Twitter, like highlight the, the queer performers that are on that show. And I love that, like of the past, like, like since DOA has come back in like of November of last year, um, I love that that number has grown almost every event that I've gone to like leading up to like this last one that, that you were on that had probably like the most that I've seen when um, I remember seeing that tweet and I remember just being so happy because I was like oh my gosh that's actually so true and I was like man like that's super awesome because it's, it's really just not something that you get to see so frequently where you're like man like this is actually some really cool shit that's happening yeah no for I mean it's it truly is and like to see the the crowd that was there for that show as well like you see mm-hmm visibly queer people in the audience at, at, at a doa show now more so than than i did remember i first moved to portland like four or five years ago mm-hmm. you know like you you see um i feel more comfortable like, introducing my queer friends to this company now and i know i'm focusing a lot on doa this is just like my personal experience no but for DOA. sure because then it's like you bring your friends over then like something weird happens and you're like oh like no you yeah, know exactly <laughs> like, you're like that's not at all like kind of what i thought this was and it's like it only just kind of betrays you in the end when you're like 
<laughs> you thought that this was a place that, you know, everyone could sort of be comfortable with and enjoy viewing because whether people really want to recognize it or not, it, it extends so much more beyond just the wrestling. It's the entire the the vibe because i have like no other word to think of it it's the entire vibe of the show it's like is your car it's like is your community is the place you're at like is it just like what's your demographic because some of these shows just you have in the funkiest demographics and i'm like i do not want to be here right now and it's just like it's just there's so much that goes into running a show and i think that's one of the main reasons like i love grab house and i love pride style because i'll walk into a pride style and there's more often than not like almost every wrestler there is queer you know so it's like there's such a large percentage and like the the energy is so nice and everyone is just there to have a great time and put on their best work and it's like i think that's why of all like the places in vegas and um in general like having since like left fsw it just being able to wrestle for places like pride style and still be able to wrestle in my hometown and still feel like and feel like 20 times just like more of that that inclusivity in that community it, it's truly building something so special and same with grab house it's like we notice with each crowd that we get um because we do bring since we are downtown it's like we bring in such a wide demographic where it's like we want to make sure what we're producing and what we're doing and the people that they're seeing like the jay Vidals, the effies the like anybody you know like jody or adriel it's just like we want to make sure that what we're putting out there is just the best kind of possible situation we could put any of our crowd or like fans in. No. And that's another thing about pride style that I've been really enthused to see is like watching one, like watching the, the interest in, in the company grow with these sub each subsequent show, but also to see people that feel more comfortable expressing their their identity at, at, at a wrestling show it's what we want to continue to see grow more and more and obviously like pride style creates an environment that is very very conducive to that you know being a, a very inclusive very forward-facing queer uh, company there but that it still is like a very very powerful thing to see um Talk to me about whenever Millhouse came to you with, with the idea for Pride Style. Like, was that something that you immediately was like that you immediately jumped onto yourself? Um, so I feel like with the immediate accumulation of like first hearing about Pride Style, I think I was very intrigued. Um I, I think I was previously I was previously booked on a different show, so I wasn't gonna be, actually be able to make the first Pride style. Um, so I was previously booked, and then I was like, man, like I kind of really want to be a part of this. And so things actually ended up falling out with the other promotion that I was supposed to work at. But I think in the end, it was truly like a sign from like the universe, like I was meant to, we as for TB as a whole, like we were just meant to be there, you know, and surely enough, it just turned into, it turns into one of my favorite places to wrestle at in general. But um, I think a part of me wishes I was more on board. So I could have just like been so more fully into it and been able to accept whatever ideas he had probably initially going into that first show. But Millhouse was super accommodating because whenever I was like, hey, like this kind of just recently fell out. Um, I would love to be a part of your show. What do you have? And then that's, I believe, when we ended up wrestling S4TV. That's when S4TV all wrestled each other in that crazy wonk, like that crazy wacky ass match. 
and um it was and it was the best it was truly like the best experience it, it, it had a whole different vibe compared to what you see from the initial like the regular versus shows it was nowhere near like the the level of like wanting to be so separate and wanting to be its own like entity uh that i imagined so it was super awesome to just be able to see it kind of flourish and come to come to the design and it's like i still talk to millhouse a lot so it's like i'm always interested in hearing his ideas um and honestly i think he has like a uh they have a really good plan for everything so i think um i'm just super excited to see where it goes because i i can definitely tell it's getting a lot more eyes on it um and like there's there's been people that i met just this past weekend that have only like heard of me or like s4tb through pride style so i think it's honestly such a a really cool sort of occurrence to sort of see so it's like i'm super excited for what the future holds for it but i mean uh have from having not been as invested in it as i wanted to be in that beginning half i'm sure a lot happier that i do just kind of open myself up to whatever Millhouse has for me or like what he wants to talk about and everything. So if, if I wasn't that much in the beginning, I definitely am full steam ahead on it now. Mm. It's interesting to hear like that, that basically that four way on the first pride show, a pride style show that honestly, I think really invigorated a lot of people that have been invested in independent pro wrestling <laughs> they're just like oh, okay we're getting the s4tb like four-way against one another on the first prize style show it's so interesting to hear that basically it came up because another booking fell through <laughs> yeah it's i believe it was because me and eight because we were all initially supposed to be in san francisco but um but then I believe Jody had taken pride. So we're like, oh, okay. So it's just going to be the three of us. But then Laz was like, oh no, like I'm, I think I'm just going to stay back in Vegas. Cause once we decided we weren't going to go to San Francisco, then we're like, damn. But then ours didn't really get canceled till like maybe two weeks before. And then uh, it was mine and Adriel's. And so I was like, oh man, like, like, what are we, <laughs> you know? So it, it all just started falling out. Jody's a real one. Cause Jody's been there since the beginning. But, um, but you know, like it was all just a, on a whim. And then we we're just trying to figure out like if, the, if there was really anything from Millhouse, cause like that's such a lot of pressure to just put in someone on like last minute, but Millhouse just kind of pitched that idea and we're like, like, hell yeah, like let's do it. And sure enough, it's one of the most fun matches I've ever been in. And it's, it, it really is just, it really is funny how it all just sort of played out. <laughs> it just, sometimes happy accidents are the are the best things that, you know that happy accidents are like the one things i hold on to nowadays because i'm yeah. like well you know <laughs> everything's going but hopefully one of these just works out <laughs> <laughs> no well, i think that one definitely worked out the i mean the match itself was uh just like you said it was chaotic um all over the place <laughs> and and i think delivered on the expectation that a lot of people had for whenever we eventually get the four of you in, <laughs> in a ring for the first time all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring um, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is starting off with daniel quasar the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. 
You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment, sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. And obviously, it, it's really kind of jump-started um, this presentation of you on Pride Style shows. You know, you've been on... Uh, if not all, the majority of, of the Pride Style shows to date. Um, you are now going to be challenging Papa Yase for the, the first ever Pride Style Championship coming up on June 24th. Yes. Um, what does that mean to you to be part of that inaugural championship match? Honestly, it means a lot. I, I've only... I've... I've, like you know, I haven't won many championships, or I haven't like competed for a lot of championships in my career. So I think that that alone is uh, such a big honor to me because I know how much it really can do for something and how important of a of a position that is to be for a promotion. So I think that alone is just such an honor. Um, and let alone for and then moving forward, it's like for Pride Style, I think. I think Pride Style has quickly become a new home for me as far as wrestling goes in Vegas. So I think um, just in general, like the the people that I'm around. So I think um, getting to kind of be put in that position, it really means a lot because I think also, especially just having just come out, like the amount of support that I've been flooded with, it it means a lot to be able to kind of hold that esteem in a different community that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly new to. I, I always have supported nonetheless, but it's like that I'm just sort of new to being a part of it. It, it really just kind of in, in, in like that time of uncertainty, it really just kind of was like, okay, like maybe, maybe everything is just kind of like what it, how it needs to be, you know? And I made the right decision with coming out and I, I you know, and it just kind of like that, that full support and, and then lastly, like going with, with against Papa, it, it, that is so mind boggling to me. Because when I first started watching wrestling or when I first got into wrestling or even heard of wrestling, I was watching uh, independent, like the independent wrestling in Vegas. So it's like I didn't know what any like fed wrestling was or anything like that. It was just purely independent wrestling in Vegas. And so I remember going to a show uh, I believe it was a big Valley wrestling show where I had watched Papa. He was one of the first people that I had seen wrestle. Um, so getting to watch Papa wrestle for a championship at that time at big Valley and that being sort of 
my first introduction to Papa, and Papa's always been my favorite wrestler since since Jace Battle, since Papa from from the beginning. My my entirety of a lot of like what I do in wrestling is is thanks to him. Uh, granted, I wasn't trained by Papa, but um, but I was always just so inspired by the way that they wrestled, by the way that they had their fighting spirit. It's something that I carry with me to, to all my matches. And so um, I had recently faced Papa at uh, Big Valley Wrestling and I obviously came up short on that one. But it, to, to see how full circle I feel like my career is coming in Vegas and um, finally getting to face the people that I grew up watching, it, it truly it truly is like the highest honor. And I think someone like Papa definitely uh, deserves their flowers in pro wrestling because they've done so much for Las Vegas wrestling and everything beyond that, just for the people that they've impacted. I think um, I'm definitely going to come into this with my A game uh, and just getting to compete for this in this uh, for the title in this match is just the honor itself. So whoever I uh, comes out on top, I'm very very excited for it either way. No, I completely agree with you on on uh, on Papa. Um, you know, obviously, like I am, I was introduced to him much more through the the current Papa Yase that we mm-hmm. see, as opposed to Jace Battle. But going back and and watching like Jace Battle and watching that transformation into Papa Yase that we see now. You know, I when I had him on the show, I told him point blank, like I feel like he is one of the more engaging and dynamic personalities in the independent scene as a whole, much less being one of the probably the one of the more easily hated villains in, in the Vegas area right now. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but I don't know, it it but it feels like, you know, for as much as we talk about like you and, and S4TB really kind of breaking out and, and getting new eyes onto the Vegas scene, Yase feels like someone who is ripe for that opportunity um and i just don't know i just feel like not enough eyes have been put on him um and this i don't know there's just in my mind it just couldn't be anyone else but you two in this match if if i'm like being like candid like it just it just feels like the right two people in terms of what Pride Style has done up to this point and what y'all have done up to this point, um, being in that spot in in such a um, a major match for for this promotion. Thank you. That truly means a lot. It, it's it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Um, I feel like once uh, this these next few weeks sort of pass by with how busy they are for me. I'll be able to just fully engage and just fully prepare and sink into everything that I need to, to be able to just put, put my best out there and leave it all in the ring for this match. Like I'm super, super excited for it. That it's just, I feel like it's going to come up on me a lot sooner than, than I'd want it to, but I'm ready for it nonetheless, but I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. No, of course, of course. Um, But of course this match also has a little bit, of added significance for you. You mentioned it earlier, but um, this Pride Month is the one-year uh, anniversary, so to speak, of whenever you came out publicly as as Pan. Yes. Um, and you are challenging for a very, very queer championship, obviously, a Pride <laughs> style uh-huh. on that one-year that anniversary there. 
Um, does does the timing of, of this match coinciding with that moment for you, that very, very personal moment for you, um, does that like add uh, any personal significance to the moment as well? Honestly, yes. And I feel like I've been reflecting a lot uh, just because I, I, I know the time is coming up. So I've been reflecting a lot about like coming out and, you know, I like I look at the photos and I look at the videos that I have. And I think I th- I just couldn't be any happier with it because I feel like them sort of coinciding with each other. It just sort of it just makes me all I don't know I'm very big into like universal like timing and like everything like that so it's like I honestly think it's it's something that it was just all meant to happen and I feel like no matter how much I sort of feel like I'm getting off track like things like that uh things like the just the two times coinciding it it just really lets me know that I am on the right track I am doing things the way that they should have been and I don't ever really need to regret doing anything um despite like just depending on like the situations that I was put in whenever I I came out it it just all sort of just feels like I was just meant to be here and with that and meant to be my true self and I think uh like having since come out I've just been so much happier in wrestling I've been so much happier just with my personal life and like just with myself more importantly I I had a lot of support and I'm very thankful for that for like from like my family and um you know my partner at the time and just like all my friends like Jody Laz and everyone around me in wrestling I saw it was very very um a lot of tension off my head and a lot of just that pressure sort of taken off and it just I feel feel just really happy I feel really happy that everything just ended up the way that it did because um in general, I felt like, I feel like I'm able to just be my whole self and embrace that and just sort of being able to celebrate me and my peers and understand and continuously learning everything throughout that process. It just, it just kind of makes the heart feel a lot fuller. No, I can, I can definitely understand that. Um, take me back to a year ago, like what was that process for you to like determine that that was the right time for you to, to come out publicly because like that, I mean, yes, like it, it came among like a wave of a number of people in the pro wrestling world coming out all at once. But at the same time, that is a very deeply, deeply personal moment for any queer individual to to have and to really execute. Um, what was the thought process for you kind of leading up to that and ultimately led you to the decision to to come out at that time? So I think um, just growing up, I mean, it was pretty, it, it was pretty apparent to tell uh, as just like a child, <laughs> always just sort of been like that. Um, but I, it was honestly not until I really got into traveling a lot more to like the Midwest or just in general, getting like a bit more of the feel for that community, because definitely in the West Coast, like there just really wasn't too much of it, uh, or at least like openly out wrestlers or just like super like uh inclusive environments or anything so it was all just so, such a foreign concept and it wasn't until like we went to like the poly the polyam cult party uh i believe it was the second one um with mv and everything so getting to just see that and see the community and see people just be themselves and you know and it's like truly like love and accept that um just be so loving and accepting it was just such an interesting thing to sort of see and I would say um, 
it was just shortly after that where I'm like, oh man, like, you know, it is really something that's like accepted over here. And not that it like, it wasn't accepted, accepted in the West coast, but it just, it's, it's just, you don't see it very often. Um, and so I think it was just kind of like, oh, that's really interesting. And like, it just kind of took a bit more. And then like, you know, I'd be like talking to my friends at work or I'd be talking to um, one of Laz's former partners, but she was like my best friend at the time. She, she was also bi. So I was like talking to her and just confiding in her and just like asking her her experience and just sort of just being like, oh, like this is like, okay. You know, like this is normal and this is, it's, there are people I just think not being surrounded by a lot of people in my life uh also just sort of uh you know experiencing things like 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 being gay or like having to come out or having to you know do all the uh just the process of becoming an out and like uh feeling themselves it was just such a foreign concept to me and I think once I was confiding in her like I finally had like gotten the confidence to just sort of feel like that where um I think the wrestling community adds a lot of pressure to it um where ideally it, it you know it is just it is a very personal thing but then in sort of just being out there to the internet or being out there to the world it just adds a lot of pressure because you never really know how people are going to feel and if they think you're faking it or if they think that you're only doing it for bookings you know and it's like that's always like the weird thing and I understand it happens but I feel like with that with that it just sort of it scares people out of that it scares people out of it feeling personal it feels people out it just it's a very scary feeling you know because you never know how people are going to react but I think uh, after talking to my best friend, um, it was just like seeing her and seeing how happy she is and seeing all that. And I'm like, well, I want that for myself, you know, however, that sort of obviously it's not exactly the same as anyone else's, but I just I felt like it was the right decision. I think um, and I was talking to Chris Mountain about it because it was before I really came out to anybody. I was talking to Chris about it. And he's like, oh, like, let's do a little photo shoot. And like, we did it. And it was just like, it was me, Adriel and Jody and Chris. And it was just like, it was just such a like a liberating time. It was us just all like, taking these photos, like being just super like, you know, appreciative and loving of each other. And it was just, it was like a really good bonding moment, I would say for all of us. And then, um, finally kind of just being out to the world because that was also the, around the same time that I came out to my family too mm. and so um and like once I came out to the internet by basically it was the same day I told my family <laughs> so, um but they they my family's always been super supportive we are very big on you know mental health on everything and just making sure that love is a very big thing for us so thankfully like my parents didn't really understand it but my parents are also very very old and like come from a very hispanic uh background so I mean, it took them a bit but they they you know they love me nonetheless regardless of how much they're able to truly understand um but they're they'll always be my number one supporters so i think it was a very very trying and very stressful time for me internally as it was an external sort of battle um, so I'm pretty grateful for that because I know not a lot of people uh, are able to get that. And so I was, I was just very happy with the amount of support that I, I received from my family and my friends and just the general consensus of the Internet. Yeah, well, one, I'm, I'm very happy that, that it was a very positive experience for you, you. With, with your family. And like, yeah, the Internet, I think, just like folded onto itself in terms of like the support that you and all the other people that came out last year. Um, during Pride Month, 
um, it was, I, I, you know, I cover queer identities in pro wrestling for my job, but there are very few things that will like actually like get to me emotionally more so than like seeing what happened, like something that like what happened last month during or last month, last year during pride month, um, where yourself and so many other people felt like empowered enough to, um, to speak that openly about themselves and put that out there and to see the response from the collective pro wrestling world with like your peers, fans, promoters, whoever, like so many people just being so supportive and encouraging, like it's, it's something that I feel like so many people that are invested in pro wrestling never thought they would see. Like, especially if you're like an old head, like myself, God damn it. I just called myself an old head. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't watched for 25 years. I can call myself that, whatever. <laughs> um, but like, you know, people like that were watching back in like the, the 90s or, or the 80s and like saw how pro wrestling has treated our community in, in that way. And to see pro wrestling respond in the way that it did to like yourself and to so many others, people like, like Jaden, like Adriel, like, um, like Logan Black, like so many people that, that um, really put themselves out there in that way, in, in a very, very vulnerable way. Um, and to see it respond so positively is a truly, truly heartwarming thing to see um, happen. No, truly, like it, it really, it really did spark something. And I feel like that's a lot of um, just kind of like how it like the vulnerable. I love that word, like vulnerability that it all sort of had, because I feel like when you put yourself in at the, the, the mercy of the Internet or at the hands of these strangers that Yikes. you just love and you care for so much. Um, and just to get that sort of reaction, it only just really makes wrestling stronger. It only just makes like community stronger and like the places and the people that you're on it, it it really does so much more than I think people realize granted like not everyone's story has to be like have the pressure of like you know making or breaking someone else's you know but I think just being in that public standpoint and being you know that one person to somebody it really can do so much more um so I think just being at that point and being able to share your stories and especially for like older fans, especially older fans that get it or like people that, you know, like that are so down with it. It, it really just truly enhances the experience because then it brings it on to um, from the independence just brings it to such a, a higher level of like WWE or AEW and it truly allows them to be able to work and run with things like this that are a bit more of like a foreign concept. So it truly just in the end, it, it all just sort of helps one big gear start moving and making all this magic happen. So I think it really just keeps us all a well-oiled machine, the more love and more love and respect that we're able to just sort of give each other. No, it, it definitely does. Like I, God, it's just hearing you say the phrase, like the vulnerability of like putting yourself on the internet, like just putting, ah, uh, it's, it's, such a jarring thing just to even think about it is i think way. about it all the time i'm like, God. I'm like you know there's me on the internet and me in real life isn't really too different but gosh me me in real life is so scared of me on the internet 
I am just, it's just such a, it's such a daunting task because even like the simplest of things, it's just like you really just have to think about it. And, you know, it's, and that's with anything. You say, you, you say words, people are going to listen to them uh, regardless of whether or not they're good or bad, you know? So it's just like never wanting to be the bad that, you know, you put on the internet and just like wanting to still be yourself, but you're just never sure if someone's going to like that or not. But once you just truly start accepting yourself for who you are and get comfortable with that and you see all the amazing people you get to meet on the internet and you see all the amazing people you just get to meet in real life through that, it, it is just truly so life-changing. And I think that's always just been one of my favorite things about wrestling is just the people that I meet and the things I get to know and learn about. It's, it's, it'll always be like the people I, I meet in the traveling first before a good chunk of everything else. Has that experience of like meeting fans, you know, as you, as you're traveling and, and wrestling, has that changed at all for you uh, since coming out? Like in terms of, have you experienced like, queer fans come to you and like point to you and like tell yes. you about it's, it. a, it's it's truly my favorite my truly my fa- always my favorite encounter like encounters and everything um and like I'll, I'll see all my friends in indiana i usually i feel like that's where a lot of my my queer following is is in the midwest so it's usually <laughs> it's always the midwest uh midwest and like sort of east coast um so anytime i really get to go out there and i meet everyone and i get to see them it, it happened a lot with terminal combat where I just kind of got to see everybody and it was truly just such an awesome experience. And that's like, I love, I love meeting queer. I love meeting queer fans. I love hearing like their experience. I love the way they all look. It's just so beautiful. <laughs> um, but everything about it, it just makes my heart so happy that I've been able to sort of reach and touch to a new demographic of, of people. And it just makes me it just makes me feel like just super happy that, you know, me, me growing up in wrestling. I started when I was 15. So like me growing up, I wanted to see more people like me and I wanted to see like more oddball characters. I wanted to see like, you know, just like these strange little personalities and like just normal. I just wanted to see real people and like super like everything. And I think just kind of getting to be that for someone else, it truly makes me super happy. And it's like, I have a really good friend out there and she just telling me about her experience and like wanting to come out or how she was feeling and um, it just, it was just such a surreal thing to me where I'm like, wow, like it, like my heart just feels really full, just being able to know, like me coming out was able to help someone else sort of figure out something within themselves and help them, them feel comfortable. And like, granted, they did have like a different support system, like sort of barrier, but then it's like, in the end, it, it, I was just like, it's, it's for you, you know, it is, it's always going to be something that makes you happy. Just know that you always have like people that sort of are there for you and I think for for people for me to meet people that I've sort of touched and impacted in that way it makes me so it's just just so full no I mean it is it is a uh, experience that feels very unique to to our community and it is definitely one that that lives with you in mm-hmm. in that way so um, it's awesome to hear um that you've been able to have that experience and have those interactions with fans because I mean, that's a key part of the continued push to, you know, bring pro wrestling into a, uh, an area where it is more inclusive and more approachable for, for, you know, our community or any other marginalized community in that way. And, you know, especially with stuff 
<laughs> that y'all are doing a pride style like it's very reflective of what you know i think pro wrestling is developing into um both pride style and grab house as well i would say um so yeah it's i don't know it's it's truly interesting to watch the those developments continue i am very very happy for you to be able to have those experiences as well i am excited to see you and yase finally uh tear it up in the pride style ring uh for that championship on june 24th um I don't know, Sandra, this has been a blast, uh, honestly. I, I oh, really enjoyed you. having this. This is honestly one of the most fun podcasts I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I, and I, I don't do like, I, I, I'm usually super awkward whenever like I do these, but I, this is honestly a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to be able to speak with you about like all this amazing stuff. So I, it really means a lot to be here. No, of course, of course, of course. Well, I like to kind of end things on on a, on a fun note, a fun mm-hmm. one. And I, you know, I do research of my guests as before they come on the show. And one thing I was not expecting to come across was a hot dog eating contest. Oh, no, not the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> Go on, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Obviously, that is available on YouTube if you so want to find it. (laughs) But I have to ask you, speaking of the Polly M. Colt party, obviously you were in the same locker room as Hot Dog Starks. How does Hot Dog Starks feel about you like wolfing down chili dogs for for America? Uh, For America. Man, you know, I, I, I think I had met hot dog sucks before I even did the chili dog eating contest, but man, I did so bad. I was expecting at least like 10, I ate like three and I'm like, I'm going to puke, but <laughs> man, that was a blast though. I had a good one. No, I haven't thought about that one in a minute. <laughs> No, it seemed like it seemed like a good time, honestly. Like even if even if like the the performance the first wasn't three minutes laughing, I was like <laughs> laughing so hard I couldn't even get a hot dog in there. I was like, wait. <laughs> oh Lord! Well, Sandra, this has been so much fun. Oh, thank um, you. Let everybody know where they can find you online and where they could uh, check out Pride Style coming up on June twenty fourth. Yes, you can find me on Instagram at Sandra underscore moon with an E at the end of the moon. You can find me on Twitter at Sandra Moon Pie. Um, and all of my links are in my respective, um, my bios for each one. Uh, you could find me at Pride Cell on June 24th at the Versus Pro Studios in the Boulevard Mall. And you can also come out to Grab House. Uh, we have Die Lit, our show on June 18th, if you're interested or down to, or in downtown Las Vegas. Um, but yes, that's where you can find me. And I just appreciate you so much for having me here. It's been a, truly one of the best times. Uh, likewise here. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. I appreciate it. My thanks once again to Sandra for coming on the show, taking the time to chat ahead of a, a big title match there for herself, Papayase, and Pride Style Pro as a whole, really. Um, just a whole lot of fun, and I'm very happy that we were able to kind of crack the S4TB bubble a little bit here. Maybe uh, 
Uh, we'll get Jody and Adriel and Laz at some point on the show too. Um, and just chop it up with the people that are really helping to put the Vegas scene along with, with people like Yase and Shade. Um, put that scene on the map down there. And Jay Vidal as well. Can't leave Jay Vidal out of that conversation either. Uh, yeah, it's just really awesome to see. Really awesome to hear. Um, and I think that's where we're going to leave it for this week. Uh, next week we have one more episode coming up before Pride and Vibe Weekend, which of course we are very happy to sponsor here on the show. Make sure that you, if you have not seen the commercial that we have running all throughout Pride Month on IWTV, definitely check it out. It's on our Twitter uh, and, and also our new Instagram page as well. Yes, I've finally got the show on Instagram uh, at LGBT RingPod there. So definitely check that stuff out. Check that video out. Patches Chance and, and Millhouse uh, from uh, from Pride Style Pro. Did a lot of great work collaborating on that with me, and I'm very, very happy with how it came out. I'm very happy with the response to it, and honestly, the message extends beyond Pride Month, but what better point to drop a big old queer pro wrestling podcast commercial slash trailer slash showcase, honestly, than the beginning of Pride Month. Uh, So keep your eyes out for that on IWTV, because it's always fun and interesting, but yeah. Uh, That's going to do it for us here this week. Until next week, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible, and a very, very, very happy birthday to one Effie. Bye! Give me a deal with the demon so a lover could live When the moon is out